welcome back to another episode of Dr. Me First. It's me, your colleague in medicine, coach in life, queen of burnout, throwing in a little sass there, Dr. freaking Aaron Wiseman. I got to practice what I preach. I'm a recovering workaholic and rest is my detox. <laughs> so my team is pushing me to try to do more rest. I have really been invigorated since I got my new office and my podcasting equipment set up back full time. It's been so fun to be podcasting again and doing live episodes. But they're reminding me too that I'm overworking. So we are problem solving this. And in order to do that, we are doing a reboot showcase. All my work that I've done in the past, I might as well reuse it, right? Recycle, reduce, reuse. And so what we're going to do in this reboot showcase is take old podcast episodes that I've actually been on for other people and play them here on Dr. Me First. It makes me smile a little bit as I go back and listen to years ago when I was doing some of these podcasts. And I'm like, wow, I was really smart. I knew a whole lot of things. But I also see how I've changed and how things are different. <laughs> In the world of Aaron Wiseman, we call it, is it long-haired Aaron or short-haired Aaron? Because <laughs> you can definitely see a big change when the hair got lopped off during the pandemic. So listen to the episodes and then see if you can tell when I did that episode on the timeline of everything Aaron Wiseman. Long-haired Aaron, short-haired Aaron. Give me an email. I'd love to hear about it. I'm going to take my own medicine. I'm going to rest a little bit, and I'm still going to pop up episodes for you to listen to. So enjoy this reboot today. And as always, friend, remember, your life, your calling, your pulse absolutely matters. And the badass in me honors the freaking badass in you. Enjoy. This is the Art of Feminine Marketing podcast, where we explore how soul-fueled women entrepreneurs are creating six- and seven-figure businesses in a way that aligns with their feminine essence and their natural genius. So if you're tired of marketing formulas and gurus that make you feel like you're stuffing your soul into a box that's way too small, this is the place for you. Hello and welcome. This is Julie Fouch, the founder of The Art of Feminine Marketing. And on today's episode, we have Erin Wiseman. Erin and I have already been chatting. We are already best friends after <laughs> two minutes because Erin let me in on a little secret. She actually showered for this this morning. <laughs> oh, yes, I did. And those of you who work from home, understand that's a big deal. So showing up in your radiance. Erin is a physician, a life coach, a podcaster, a burnout expert, and a badass mother. You have three little ones, right? I do. We are entering into an odd year. So we're nine, seven, and almost five. Wow. Little ones. Um, so it, let me tell you a little bit about Erin. Erin helps high-achieving professionals and alpha females call bullshit on burnout and start living the life they want 
through coaching. She also helps professional coaches start, build, and excel their coaching practices. So I know that you used to work as a physician. And Mm -hmm. what led you from being a physician to coaching women on burnout? Oh, girl, my own lived experience. 2014 was the worst effing year of my life. But on the outside, everyone thought like I had summoned the mountain. I had graduated residency. I had my kids, the house, the student loans, the practice. And internally, I was so numb. And I was just so beyond what I thought the pushing through medical education would be doing the right thing as much as I could being the Pinterest mom and showing up and bringing snacks to daycare. And at that point I just looked around and I was like, is this what it's going to be for the next 30 years of my life? Like where I rush in the morning, throwing pop pop tarts at people to get them to daycare, drop them off. First thing, they're the first kids there go grind in the office, see patients, chart, 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 and then hustle back as fast as I can because they're the last ones that I'm picking up. Then get home, feed them as fast as possible, bathe them as fast as possible, put them in bed so that I could just collapse. And I was like, this is not living, but I don't know what else to do. And so at that point, I did what I tell all my patients not to do, which I got on Google. And I was like, how do I change my CV to a resume? Because like this, this, whatever this is, is not working. And I remember talking to my husband and telling him like, I can't do this. And he was like, Aaron, just give it six months. He was terrified at that point because I was in multiple six figures of debt. Like I said, we had just kind of like, quote unquote, started our lives, even though we were in our 30s because of how much delayed gratification we had put off. And I just remember being like, I, I don't know what else to do. And like sitting on the edge of my bed and silently sobbing while two little boys were watching Paw Patrol just is so etched in my mind because I was like, how could I have achieved so much but feel like such a failure and to feel so empty? And I didn't know what to do. Like, how do you open up as a female physician who has achieved so much, both educationally, academically, socioeconomically? I'm in Southern Indiana, so I'm the only female in my county. How do I open up and say like, hey, this sucks and I don't like it? Because everyone else around me, like I said, they thought I was a freaking rock star and killing it. So getting on the internet streets, trying to figure out what to do. Um, I knew I didn't want to move our family. My husband farms. And so we were not going to be able to move farm ground. I knew I didn't really want to do um, a lot of travel with like extended locums work. I knew I had a really nasty non-compete that if I left that office, that I would be pretty much blacked out of primary care for over a year. I, I just felt so, so stuck. So stuck. But then I found a woman who she was a doctor too. And she was talking about this coaching thing. And I was like, I don't even know, but hashtag take my money if it can maybe even help me 10%. And so that's how I found coaching. I got coached first and it's so transformational for me that I was like, where the hell are all the young physician mom coaches? Where, where are all the young 
professional career coaches? Where are the coaches that I needed 10 years ago to ask me these questions of like, what's my core values? Where do you want to be in 10 years? Because so many times I had been put plugged in, like, where do you want to be? Oh, you want to be out in practice. You want to be paying your loans. You want to be doing that. And what I realized is like, those were not my dreams. Those were not what I wanted. And so that's what I became. I became the coach that I needed. And that's what I continue to do the work today in. Yeah. I'm really fascinated by your story because I totally get it. I I have coached doctors and I totally get that thing. But I also think that happens to women in corporate jobs, even women in business. Absolutely. I, I honestly think it's because we don't honor the feminine. We don't honor the way women are supposed to work. And I'm just imagining, can you imagine a doctor's office that went, hey, we're all women and we're going to run our practice based on moon cycles. Like we're going to have, you know, a lot of clients during this particular time. And then we're going to have downtime where we get caught up and then we're going to like ramp it back up rather than what we do and what we're taught to do. Cause we're taught to work in a masculine way, which is ramp up and push as hard as we can until we drop dead at 65. Yep, absolutely. And, and like, I didn't even know that that was a thing. I didn't even know that I had choice or autonomy to be like, hey, this doesn't really work for me and my family. I just thought it was like, well, that's just what you're supposed to do. And you're absolutely right. There are so many um, women who, like me, were like, you can have anything you want, girlfriend, as a small kid. And you know what? We did. We chased it down and we got it. And then what we realized is like, oh, but I don't know that I want it in this way. Right. Right. And and we're just not taught on that, that there's a different way. So I really applaud you for being out there and saying, hey, you can have it your way. And let's figure out what that looks like. Because, you know, the other part of your story that really struck me was this idea that you didn't even know that you wanted it a different way. Because you were so... It was so ingrained in you is this is what success means and you want success. Absolutely. And and I can remember during training where I saw other female physicians because right now, actually, more women are being accepted into medical school than men. We're 51%. But yet when we get out into practice, we know by some recent studies that came out of Chicago that of that 51%, 40% of them leave or go part-time in medicine by five years out. And yeah. so there's this huge, not just leaky pipeline, a broken pipeline that I didn't have female, female mentorship. And the ones that I did have, they exhibited a way of working um, that is not aligned with, with feminine. It's not aligned with looking at what's value-based living rather than just goal-based living. And anybody who did step out of line, who did do things a little bit differently, then they caught flack and criticism of like, well, are you really a real doctor if you work part-time? Are you really a good doctor if you don't take call? Are you really capable and competent if you only see 10 patients a week? These are actual real comments that I heard and participated in as a student and as a resident that then 
led to my own beliefs of like, well, if I don't want them to talk about me, then like, I just got to suck it up and do it. Yeah. And we have that same thing when we move over into business. You know, Mm -hmm. how often does a mentor say you didn't want it enough? Or, well, how much are you willing to demand of yourself? Or, you know, you've got to put everything into this. And I so much don't believe that. I believe that we can be successful. We can build six and seven figure businesses without having to sacrifice our health our families. I mean, you've got three little kids. That time, speaking as someone whose children are grown and super grateful not to have to deal with homeschooling and COVID. um, But for you, you've got kids and that time goes fast and it doesn't, you never get it back with your kids. So um, how do we create structures that really serve women and serve mm-hmm. the values and serve the the feminine you know the feminine's about uh creativity and connection and most doctors are running so fast they don't get to create connection or community so i love calling bullshit on burnout calling bullshit on hustle culture because what that essentially doing is trapping you on the hamster wheel of my worth is based on my productivity. My value in the world is based on my output. And I now know exploring that myself and helping clients do that as well as like what you're doing. Like, no, we have fucking inherent value no matter how we show up and who we are in the world by just being us. That is enough. And so you're absolutely correct. I was I was fed the line of you've you've got to work hard to make money. And the harder you work, the more money you make. And it's a total lie. It's an absolute lie because now in business, that's what I help so many other people do. And in, in doctoring, it's like we have to stop exchanging time for money. We have to. Because like you said, it is a finite resource. And I don't believe that that in, anymore that money is finite. I believe that it's everywhere and it can come from everywhere if we're open and if we allow those channels to stay open with it. And so I love what you're talking about with, with feminine energy and really tapping into the creative because we now know there's actually some really cool functional MRI studies that show. And they did this particularly um, among students. But when your creativity levels are the highest, when you're imagining, when you are creating, when you are in those thought patterns, you can typically see that they compared those to wellness scores, like surveys that they actually took. Really? And then they took they took people who um, who are in the middle of the grind, who are in burnout, who typically you just don't have enough fucking energy to even siphon, t- to even think creatively because you're just so stuck in survival and so stuck in the fight or flight system um, and show that when you can't even get in creativity, it's because your wellness is so poor and and you literally are just trying to survive. And so I think using creativity and that's that's why I think it's so important for women especially because when we feel our creativity diminishing, 
I mean, I literally was talking to a beautiful female physician this morning and coaching her. And she's like, I can't remember the last time I sang or danced or wrote poetry. And she said, I used to love those things. And so I told her, those are the exact things that you must start doing today. It's not doing another chart. It's not baking cookies for your kids' school. It's not cleaning the house. Like those things do not matter. But the things that light you up in life and bring you joy, those things you must start infusing so that you, and I use those to actually help treat burnout and bring people through on the other side. Oh, that is so cool. All right. Let's talk about some of the other things you do. How, what are the steps to overcoming burnout? Well, the first big one is just to like recognize it, to have the <laughs> awareness of like, oh, this is what's going on with me. Cause I'll be perfectly honest. So many people are walking around like ostriches with their head in the sand. Like, nope, this is just how it's supposed to be. Nope. You're only supposed to get five hours of sleep a night because you're working or you're up and you're answering emails or taking calls. And I just want to push back on that and be like, no, that's the pathologic normal. It's really, really cool to be on the other side and be like, no, I get a full eight hours of sleep every single night uninterrupted. And it's perfectly okay. My kids are not starving. Like, I'm still Dr. Wiseman. Life is still happening. And so I think that first big step is just the recognition of like, oh my God, something's going on here. And maybe I'm not as normal as I thought because you're surrounded by other people who are just surviving as well. Mm, yeah, that's beautiful. And then do you have all of your clients dance and sing and write poetry? I, I really ask them like, I think that next step of af after finding the awareness of like, oh, oh, this is not, this is not good. I, and I allude it to either the two by four or the feather because a life event will tell you with that like feather tickle in your heart, like, oh, I don't know about this. And if you don't listen to the feather, eventually you get the two by four upside your head. And if you're like me, I had to get the two by four several times upside my head before I <laughs> really listened. A, I used to be such a two by four person. Yeah. I'm getting much better at the feather, but man, yes. I said that two by four. Yes. And so like learning to recognize the two by four, first step. Second step is really getting in touch with like, who are you? Not who you were in the past, not who you are going to be in the future, but like in this moment, who are you now? Because so much of my life, I lived it as, well, when I get there or when this is done or this is paid off or after I've achieved this. And I totally just didn't take care of the errand in that moment. And so like recognizing who are you now? Shoot, when I had my first kid, I did not realize how motherhood would totally revolutionize my life and my being. And after the second kid, I still wasn't quite in there because I was still grinding in residency. But I think I got a little bit better with the third one and realized that that, that bringing of life into the new world, that creation of a whole new little creature that I get to now raise and nurture and take care of. Um, it shifted me. It changed me. And so my second thing is really recognize like, who are you now? And also giving yourself the permission to change from who you used to be or who you thought you were going to become. And so with that, that's when I tap into other people and that third point and to be like, okay, so who are you now? Like, what brings you joy? What is pleasurable to you? And it doesn't, it's not sexual pleasure, but just we are, we're 
made for more than working, dying, paying bills. So as the human experience, what's fun to you? And I shit you not, nine out of 10 doctors, lawyers, accountants, high-performing women who come to me, they'll say, I don't even know how to have fun anymore. Mm -hmm. And so that's when we do dig in the past. And I'm like, well, what'd you used to do to have fun? One lady I was talking to, she's like, well, I used to go to comedy shows and I loved it. And I was like, oh my God, there's so much stuff streaming right now with with COVID. Like you must get into a live comedy show. Another gal, she said, like I was talking about, she loved to dance and sing. And I said, oh my God, there's so much opportunity right now. You must (laughs) dance or sing, you know? And so it can be as wild and crazy as getting out into the woods and walking barefoot or as simple as just sitting and enjoying a cup of tea while looking out the window at your cats playing on the porch. I don't care what it is, but you've got to tap back into that fun and that pleasure side. Yeah. One of the things that I teach, we do this in my group. Um, Actually, we haven't done it in the group. Maybe we should, but I do this with my clients is we really talk about desire. And as you said, not just sexual desire, but really what does your heart desire? What does your soul desire? What are you longing for? And tapping into that as being the first step in being able to receive, receiving clients, money, ease, joy is about knowing what you really want. So I love this going back. Well, what did you, what did you like to do before? Uh, that's beautiful. And then what do you desire to do today? And sometimes that question um, can lead people to think, well, if I desire it, then that means I have to go for it. And it really doesn't. It's just like, what lights you up? And if thinking about eating peaches lights you up, then go ahead and desire some peaches today. Um <laughs> Everybody yeah. listening is going to get really tired of hearing me talk about this peach tree that I'm trying to figure out how to, <laughs> where I can put a peach tree so I can have live peaches. Absolutely. Well, and if you think about it, though, it makes total sense. As women, we have been taught that our desires are are sinful, that our desires are inappropriate, that they that we're too emotional, that that that's just wrong. And so for me, being a super type A STEM science math nerd, I was just like, no, I can't, I can't listen to my desires like that. That's, that's not logical. When in fact, like you said, like that is our core. And by denying ourselves, even to consider our desires, it's like cutting yourself in half and ignoring the other half of your body. So no wonder we get burnt out. No wonder we feel like walking zombies because we're not even recognizing a part of ourselves that's like, hey, this is what full living would feel like. Yeah. And if we can't feel full living, then we're never going to make it. And we're going to continue to be walking zombies. So whether you're a physician or a CEO or a business owner, that learning how to live fully, learning how to step uh, to the other side, listening to your body, that's actually going to make you more successful. Can you imagine a physician who understands like what it is to feel and can actually listen to you when you walk in? Like, you know, I was telling you earlier, I had... um, 
I did something bad. I had a bunch of wheat and then my sinuses got clogged and I got an ear infection. So I knew exactly what it was. And I did a telemed thing, but the doctor was like, give me your symptoms. Great. Here's the medicine. Move on. And I'm okay. I understand that's his job, but I just thought, wouldn't it be nice to have somebody say, oh, wow. Yeah. That really sucks that that happened. And I get it, you know, and, but you know why that is is because it would take more emotional energy to connect with people. And it's, it's almost a way to protect yourself to like grind through the day. Okay. What are your symptoms? What is your physical exam? Okay. Churning all that data. You've got sinusitis. Here's your augmentin moving on. Where is it's actually, um, and I mean, as humans, that's what we desire. We desire connection. We want to be heard. We want to listen. We want to connect. But in order to do that, you know, you, you have to be engaged on both sides. And so I think that's part of the formal Western medical model is we try to dehumanize it and systematize it enough for efficiency's sake. And I don't know about you, but patients don't read the textbooks and humans are not efficient. We're just not. <laughs> we're messy. And yes. so- It's another reason why female physicians and particularly female professionals in the health caring fields burn out quicker is because we actually take the time. There's some studies that show that female physicians take about four minutes longer on average with their patients compared to their male counterparts. But think about that in a system that rewards you for seeing more patients, um, making more diagnoses um, and all the things If you take the time to listen and to connect emotionally, you're hurting yourself in the bottom line. So Mm -hmm. it's like a a tearing of parts of like, but I want to connect with my patients and I want to say, gosh, that really sucks. Like, tell me what you think triggered this. Oh, okay. You're doing the gluten-free thing. I've heard about this, you know, and hear them versus, oh, sounds like a sinus infection. Sent your prescription to the pharmacy. They'll call you when it's ready out the door onto the next patient. We get penalized for being emotionally connected. Do you think, though, that patients, because there's two sides to an emotional conversation, do you think patients um, have the capacity to give back? Because I'm, I'm thinking about, like, I have um, my OB, I love her. Um, and she, I'm always like, how are you? Have you been on vacation lately? You know, like. What's going on with you? But I don't think as patients we're trained to do that either, to give oh, absolutely not. Of that and feedback. And I was reading something the other day. I can't even remember what it was, but I thought, you know, next time I go to the doctor, I should take cookies. Like I should do something that says, I really appreciate y'all. Because I don't think they're getting the love and appreciation back. And so it becomes a very um, transactional relationship. The exact words that I was just getting ready to say, it's a very transactional relationship is, is what we have defined the medical relationship as. Um, it's I come see you. I dump all my problems onto you. You try to fix me. And then my insurance company pays you money. Hmm. Well, we're not going to solve that problem. <laughs> no, we won't. I've um, got this- some ideas on it. I think there is some good changes. I want to leave a good like spark of hope 
um, direct patient care. DPC is a movement that's happening in the United States. Um, and I encourage people to look at it. Not everybody has the means to cash pay for their health care. But let me tell you, when you can sit and have a 60 minute visit with your doctor and really get into the nitty gritty and they know you and you know them, I think it makes so much more of an impact on your health. Oh, a hundred percent. And for those who are, who are physicians um, and want to feel better about their, their lives, not be in burnout, how do they get in touch with you? And this goes for all women. I don't want to say like doctors are special creatures because we're not. We're humans just like everyone else. So if my message resonated with you, come on over and hang out with me at my podcast. So my first one is called Doctor Me First. It's been going on for several years. It's where I have more real conversations by just any number of topics. And I love talking to my guests. I do once a week a solo cast where if you want to get some Aaron Wiseman sass, you hop on in there. And then once a month, I bring Mr. Wiseman into the conversation. And we do a segment called Married to an Alpha Female. So if you have a relationship like mine, where I very much am the alpha um, and want to hear the dynamics of our household, I'd love to invite you in there. The other podcast I'd love you to check out is a new one that I've got launched. It's been on my heart for several years, and I'm so excited that it's out into the world. But it's called Burnt Out to Badass. And when I was in burnout, I felt like I was the only one that no one else could relate. And I was scared and I didn't know where to go, like I mentioned. And so this podcast is all about telling the burnout stories of women, getting into the nitty gritty, the dark night of the soul, and then walking the journey through with them. Because it's messy and it's not perfect. But when you get on the other side, you can see that there's hope and light and encouragement. So come over and hang out with me at Burnt Out to Badass. Beautiful. And I was going to say, if you're not a physician, but you are experienced burnout, then Aaron's also the person for you. Hell yes. <laughs> no matter what you are. And you have a free gift for, for everybody. So tell us yes. about for everybody. If you thought this was a lot of fun, I would love to hang out with you in real life. So the last Sunday of every month, I do a free masterclass. And it's exciting for me to actually not have a one-way conversation, but have a two-way conversation and have the connection like we were talking about and really hearing each other. And so, um, like I said, the last Sunday of each month we get together, we do this. I typically have it picked on topics. And um, January was uh, throw away your vision boards, what you should be doing instead. February is talking about our empathic souls as women and how we're not taught about being an empath and feelings and energy. And so I'm bringing my nerdy science brain and mirroring that with a little bit of woo-woo in my life. And then in March, we're going to be talking more about you're not crazy. If this is how you're feeling, if you can resonate with your story, friend, you do not need a psych ward. You actually need community and connection in your life. And so I invited one of my good friends, Dr. Robin Alley Hay, who is a former OBGYN, and she's going to come talk with me in March. So I would invite you to come to my website, burntouttobadass.com, sign up, and then I'll send you all the links for the masterclass. Awesome. And I'm going to invite you, Aaron, to come into our Facebook community at Feminine Marketing Magic on Facebook. And people can um, reach you there. And then 
We do a share day. So anybody listening who doesn't know this about our group, we do a share day on Mondays. So you can actually post when your next uh, um, masterclass is in our share day on Mondays as well. And so we can keep in touch and my people can, can keep in touch with you there as well. Absolutely. I'd love it. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here. This has been really fascinating. I think we could probably have dug in for another hour or two. And hopefully this gave people a taste of what you do. Hope that burnout is not uh, mandatory and there there are pathways through. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Be sure and join us at Feminine Marketing Magic on Facebook. And we'll put all the links so that you can get in touch with Erin into the show notes. Have a great day. And we'll be back next week with another great episode. Thanks for joining us. Please subscribe and leave us a review to get more great episodes for empowering your business the feminine way. And join our community on Facebook at Feminine Marketing Magic for soul-centered women entrepreneurs, where we support each other, celebrate, and brag with regularity. Hey there, I got some really important stuff to share with you. Besides developing Dr. Me First over the last, I don't know, I think it's like seven or eight years now, and Burnt Out to Badass, which is a little bit newer, it's been going on for about three to four years, I've actually been developing another business kind of on the side. And a lot of you folks are surprised when you hear about it. It's called Physician Coaching Alliance, and it does a lot of amazing things. First of all, if you're a chief wellness officer or you want to see more wellness in your organization, hospital, medical group, residency program, etc., Physician Coaching Alliance is your answer. We do consulting and coaching within organizations to bring better wellness into the healthcare space. So you need to go over to the website, physiciancoachingalliance.com, drop me an email with the organization, who I contact, who I talk to, and we can come in and help your institution. The other part of Physician Coaching Alliance is for those who are looking for a personal coach. Of course, I would love to be your coach, but I also know that I'm not everybody's well, taste and spicy sauce, let's put it that way. So there we have a menu of over 70 coaches who specialize in so many different things, who come from different parts of medicine. Some people are in medicine, some people are out of medicine, some people are hybrid. It's just an amazing group of an eclectic amount of skills and personalities. I'm sure you can find your next coach there. So again, same website, physiciancoachingalliance.com. And lastly, if you are a coach and you're tired of going in alone, maybe you're in a slump, maybe you just want to be around other physician coaches who are willing to give and are over the hustle culture and not about competing with each other, but knowing that how we heal healthcare is better together, then also Physician Coaching Alliance is the place for you. PCA fulfills so many of these needs and more. It's all on the same website, physiciancoachingalliance.com. You can hang out with us on LinkedIn and on Instagram by the exact same name, physiciancoachingalliance.com. Yep, I've been busy.
(laughs) running multiple companies, practicing medicine, taking care of alpacas. But you know what? It is my heart and joy to do this. And I hope that PCA can become a part of your story too. 